I'm your host, Justin Yance, and this is episode 71, and this is The Wrestling Show, and I'm going to talk about AEW Revolution, I'm going to talk about the goings-on in wrestling, I'm going to talk about Raw, I'm going to talk about SmackDown, I'm going to talk about AEW Dynamite, and that is in no particular order, so stay tuned. So I just downloaded Peacock, and the WWE Network is going to be on Peacock from now on, starting, I believe, Thursday. So that's going to be something interesting to see. But before that, the reason this has been delayed is because I got the vaccine, and the vaccine just took everything out of me. Now, on the regular show, I'll go into more detail about how that felt, the fever I had, and all those things. So that's a little cliffhanger there. But for this, we're just going to, you know, talk about wrestling. So Peacock is going to be the home of the WWE Network and the hub. Problem I have with it is we found out this week that it will not be all fully optimized everything over till August, which is really frustrating to me because I want the old stuff. So right now I'm trying to watch as much of the old stuff as I can because I don't know what's going to be on there. All I know is on Thursday, if they don't have a good portion of things up, there are going to be a lot of people upset and angry. And they're going to be hearing from wrestling fans all day long. And it's not going to be pretty because they're not going to be reasonable and they're not going to be happy because they made this deal without transitioning all the stuff over. Now, it took us so long to get most of this stuff, you know, Wrestling Superstar Challenge, the ECW, all the shows, the Hardcore Revolution. Are are we supposed to, like, wait months again for that? It seems like that's what we're going to have to do, and that is frustrating to me, and it angers me because I'm like, I want to watch the old stuff, and if I can't watch the old stuff... I I really don't care about the current stuff. If they tell us that, oh, we've got the last pay-per-views, for the last um, past pay-per-views for the past four years, who cares? If they don't have up to like 2013, it's not good. I want all the pay-per-views. I want all the Raws. I want all the Smackdowns. I want the Nitros, and I want the Thunder. ECW should come after that then they need to get NWA. They need to get this on there as fast as possible. So I don't know what the rollout is. It seems like nobody knows. But um, this weekend is Fastlane, and that will be the first test of the Peacock Network. So fingers crossed. Let's hope this thing actually works well. The other thing is um, NHL got a deal with ESPN, so we don't know now if NXT is moving to Tuesday nights which I hope it is because I really don't want to watch this Wednesday night war because it's not really a war. I just don't watch NXT. So if they want me to watch NXT, they need to put it on Tuesday. If it's on Tuesday, I'll watch it. I'll watch what they have to say because I think it's a not bad show. It's just not better than AEW Dynamite. So hopefully that is still going to happen Tuesday. Hopefully, um, the first week of um, the week in the week after WrestleMania, they'll start 
they'll start the thing on Tuesday and we won't have to go through this anymore. The other thing that happened this week, uh, Andrade, who has not been used on Raw in weeks, almost months, asked, requested his release and he was denied his release. Now, I don't know why they're not going to give it to him. I mean, isn't he dating Charlotte Flair? I mean, Charlotte Flair okay with her her boyfriend being denied the opportunity to wrestle. Hopefully he gets out of there because it's just ridiculous. They're not doing anything. Let him put his mask back on. Let him be El Sombre. El Sombro. I can't pronounce the name. <laughs> and go to New Japan and have great matches. I don't think he... Or come to AEW and bring Zelina Vega and do that act. All I know is you can't just hold these guys hostage and not use them and just force them to not do anything so it's very frustrating to me to watch guys who are not being used well another person who should be released is um is tyler is um alistair black i mean what are they going to do with him they're just keeping him there and catering and he's doing nothing let him do something let him do the stuff he needs to do I, it's so frustrating to me that they're just not using him at all so that's about the goings-on in wrestling. When we come back, I'm going to talk about AEW Revolution. AEW Revolution, which by all accounts has broken its record and will be the highest-grossing pay-per-view outside of WWE in the past 22 years, I believe it's believed since um, WCW. So that's quite a feat that AEW has achieved in just two years. So it shows they are growing even during a pandemic. One of the things you can say about AEW is they continue to grow even when, when everyone else just kind of stayed stagnant or failed. So I think that's a good, that's a huge feather in AEW's cap to be able to have done that. So, yeah, AEW Revolution should be their uh, most successful pay-per-view. And it was all because of, a lot of people say, it was the exploding barbed wire death match, which we're going to talk about. But let's start at the top. Let's start with the, uh, the first match, uh, the free-for-all, or um, the buy-in, buy-in match, which was uh, Dr. Britt Baker and Maki Odo. Uh, defeating Riho and Thunder Rosa in a 14-minute match. It's a pretty good match. Um, that takes us into the main card, which was the Young Bucks versus the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho and MJF with Wardlow. They had a nice little match. I liked this match. Um, I thought Jericho worked hard. I thought MJF worked hard. I thought the Young Bucks could continue to show why they are one of the best tag teams in professional wrestling. It's a 17-minute match. Uh, the Young Bucks retain. Good match. Um, next match, I was very surprised that this was good, but this ended up being really good. The Casino Tag Team Battle Royal for the future AEW World Tag Team Championship shot. It was. Uh, it came down to Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy, and they had a great little match back and forth. And uh, Ray Phoenix ended up winning. It was a 26-minute match. Really good stuff. I uh, Jungle Boy is really coming into his own, and Ray Phoenix is probably one of the most underutilized guys. That guy needs to be doing more because he is so good. 
This takes us into the AEW Women's uh, Championship. This was an okay match, not as much as I want, not as good as I wanted it to be. But Hirokaru Shida defeated Ryo Mizunami in a 15-minute match. It was good, not my favorite, but I liked it. Uh, Miro and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford defeated the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. This sowed the seeds of uh, Miro um, probably getting rid of Kip Sabian because he tossed, um, he kind of uh, hit uh, Penelope Ford or, you know, didn't care if she got hurt just to win the match. Uh, Miro is becoming a beast. He's about ready to become something. I liked this match. I thought this was good. It really set up Miro and Orange Cassidy is really good. And he won by uh, submission by defeating uh, Chuck Taylor. Uh, Hangman Adam Page and Big Money Matt Hardy. This was the Big Money match. The winner receives the loser's 2021 first quarter earnings. 14-minute match. Hangman Page wins. Uh, Big Money defeating Matt Hardy. Uh, the Dark Order come out and celebrate. It's only a matter of time probably before Hangman uh, starts leading the Dark Order. Because that's got to be coming. Um... Scorpio Sky ended up winning the uh, Face of the Revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT championship. Uh, Cody Rhodes was in this, Penta El Zero, Mido, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and Ethan Page was the mystery guy. So Ethan Page, he did a great job, but Scorpio Sky wins, and that will take us into AEW Dynamite, which I will talk all about. Um... The next thing that happened on the show was we found out who the mystery man that uh, that Paul White was suggesting, and it ended up being Christian Cage. And he came out to his old TN, uh, TNA music, which I liked. It's a nice little twist. Really good. I, I like it. I like the way he's being used. And uh, when we get to Dynamite, I'll elaborate more on that. Uh, some people were disappointed. They were expecting Brock Lesnar. The, the company kind of put that out there that it was going to be somebody that big but Christian Cage is a good get and if he's used well I think it's a good I think it's good for all um the street fight Darby Allen and Sting versus Team Taz Brian Cage and Ricky Starks with Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs 13 minute match this was a cinematic match really cool they had these cool little intros that came in and then Sting using the bat you know you rarely get to see Sting really use the bat so it was cool seeing him use the bat uh, Darby Allen did his elbow drop off the top through like a, like a mat that went all the way through like two floors, uh, Sting, they were in a ring and he ended up pinning, uh, Ricky Starks with the Scorpion death drop. Really good. I thought this was a great use of Sting and Darby Allen. And I think, I thought it was really good. I liked this. I thought this was great. Now we are at. The exploding barbed wire death match for the AEW World Championship. This is Kenny Omega with Don Callis and John Moxley. They had a hard hitting match. Uh, the C4 that was um, at the, on the uh, the ropes looked really cool. It was really cool. They had barbed wire on the on the outside the ring. Uh, John Moxley threw uh, Kenny Omega through it. They ripped their shirts. They used weapons. It was gory. It was it was intense. The only thing I don't like is the finish. The Good Brothers come out and pretty much double team him, and Kenny Omega ends up winning from that. One of my favorite spots though was when Kenny Omega hit the um, the one winged angel, and John Moxley put his foot 
on the rope to make the exploding um, you know barbed wire hit him and they broke up the pen. It's a cool way to not have him kick out of the one winged angel, but um, have um, but but have that you know in some ways it was a kick out, but it wasn't like he actually kicked out. So it was a cool um, cool spot. Um, I just don't like the ending. I thought that was kind of lame to have, um, you know, the three-on-one type of thing. And then uh, then the countdown started coming down, and it was like 60 seconds, and they looked like they were going to leave John Moxley to get killed. And who comes out but Eddie Kingston to cover his friend? Because he's like, you know, no matter what, you know, he's my friend, and he covered him. And the explosion goes off, and it was lame. It was like sparklers going off. It looked so lame. I, I couldn't believe it because the ropes all looked great, and then this explosion didn't look good. And they're laying there down there like they're dead. Uh, apparently, after the match, Moxie gets onto the mic and says that uh, Omega can't build a bomb uh, worth a damn. He says, uh, "So I don't know. That's the way they're going with it." But I thought this was. Um, I thought this was a great show overall. Um, I've had some time to sit with it. I liked it. I thought it was good. And I think in another year, they can go back to the exploding uh, barbed wire death match because it worked. It was a draw. Just this time, it has to work. And I think they need to put this in the video game because this has got to be like their signature match. And they need to come up with some kind of hell in a cell as well, some kind of cage that no one has ever seen before. I just thought this was a great pay-per-view. I, I, a lot of surprises, a lot of cool things that happened here. I thought this was great. Um, I had a little bit of a sour taste at the end, but after you know thinking about it, I was like, okay, but everything else was great. So I say it's a thumbs-up show. I recommend watching it. Go see it. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite. So I'm just going to talk about some of the highlights that I liked. Um, the big thing for me, my favorite thing that happened was um, Omega comes out, uh, the Good Brothers come out, then Moxley and Eddie Kingston come out, they have a nice brawl, and then Christian Cage comes out, and Omega looks like he's going to shake hands, and Omega like teases, uh, trying to hit him with a move, and then Christian Cage is about to hit the... Um, you know, the unprettier, the implant uh, buster, the kill buster, or the kill switch, whatever he's going to call it. Um, but he gets out of it. And then Christian Cage picks up the belt. And it looks like that's where we're going is Christian Cage versus uh, Kenny Omega. So he's already being used in a main event way, which I like because he can go. And I think it's a cool way to use him. So I like this. Some people don't like it. They think there's too many WWE guys. My only problem is my my only problem with using older guys is if you're not using them to get other guys over. Omega's going to probably beat Christian Cage, so you know it's it's I think it's a good thing. Um, Sting and Lance Archer had a little um, kind of scuffle there, so it looks like Sting and Lance Archer is the next program. Uh, Scorpio Sky he turns heel when he did not defeat Darby Allen, so that's cool. Scorpio Sky, he needs to be a heel. And the big thing that happened, we had the inner circle war meeting. 
and Sammy Guevara returns, and he reveals that he's been uh, following uh, MJF for a long time and that they were all in on it. And MJF was, like, all scared and everything, and Chris Jericho fires him from the inner circle, and he says, I don't want to take over the inner circle because I'm too busy building my own. Lights go out, lights come back on, FTR, Tully Blanchard, um, Sean Spears, they're all in the ring, and we got this huge brawl, and they just beat up everybody, they handcuff everybody, um, MJF, as uh, Wardlow, you know, take out, oh, and Wardlow was also part of the guys that showed up, and Wardlow, um, you know, they beat up Chris Jericho, rip his shirt, and then they powerbomb him off the stage. So MJF has his own faction, and the inner circle is now a face faction, which I think needed to happen because he's been acting like a face the whole time anyway. So good show, set up a lot of things. There were other things that happened on the show, but these were my favorite things that happened on the show. And uh, I can't wait for next week what they have to do. So let's go into WWE. Raw was a boring show. I just think it's really boring. Uh, Shane sucks as a character, and he's making Braun Strowman look really dumb. And if what I saw tonight on Raw, which I'll talk about next week, was any account, they made him look even dumber. Uh, Orton lost to... Um, yeah, the, the Fiend didn't show up, so uh, Orton... Um, I, I, I don't know. It's just... It's awful. <laughs> Uh, Orton lost to um, to AJ Styles, and it's just, um, I don't know what to make of this. I really don't know what to make of it. Um, we had more of, um, it's just, <laughs> it's just awful. They, they just really are doing some of the worst stuff I think we've ever seen. Uh, but Orton loses. Uh, he spits out goo and stuff like that. I really don't want to talk about Raw. I just think it's an awful show, and I kind of refuse to talk about it in depth. I thought it was just awful. Um, I like uh, where they're going. Um, well, there was one good thing. Um, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus had a knockout, drag him out fight, and Sheamus uh, and Drew hit the chair stairs, and they kind of... they we had a no contest. They kind of like knocked each other out, which I don't like that kind of finish, but I guess it's building to fast lane, so that should be good. Um, Bobby Lashley defeated um, The Miz again. Who cares? Uh, I'm, But, yeah, it looks like we're going to get Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. So let's talk about SmackDown. I like this show. I'm going to talk about the main things I liked here. And those were all Daniel Bryan. Uh, Edge comes out and says he's not happy about Daniel Bryan, uh, thinking he's better than him and stuff. Came off as very heelish here. Um, Jey Uso was told he couldn't go into the locker room by Paul Heyman because he lost. Uh, then we had the contract signing, and uh, Daniel, Roman Reigns didn't want to sign. So Daniel Bryan signs, and then he says, you know, I did something that you couldn't do. I made Jey Uso give up when you couldn't which is a really cool twist and going back to things and it shows that you know Daniel Bryan uh, looks at history and remembers things 
which is strange because we don't have that in uh, WWE storylines. Um, then we had, uh, so then they had like a little brawl. Uh, Edge came out and he threw uh, Daniel Bryan out of the way. So Daniel Bryan hit him with the running knee, or as I like to call it, the yes knee. And that's how it went off the air. And it's going to be Edge versus Jey Uso. The winner gets to be the special enforcer at Fastlane. Looking more and more like uh, Daniel Bryan's going to be involved at WrestleMania in some way because it, it's too good for him not to be. I think we're looking at a triple threat match or something like that. And I hope it happens because I really don't want to see Edge versus Roman Reigns. I just don't care. I don't think Edge looks as good as he used to. And uh, that was about it. Um, some other stuff happened. Um, uh, Big E f faced uh, Sami Zayn. Uh, Sami Zayn lost. It's, you know, good and bad. Uh, the Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks stuff, I don't like it. I, I agree with Brian Alvarez. Why can't they just be who, let's see who the best wrestler is. But we can't do that in WWE. We always have to have a storyline. So, I don't know, that's what happened there. So, who cares? <laughs> um, but I'm excited for Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, and that should be a good match. And uh, when The Fiend comes back, whenever The Fiend comes back, I'm assuming The Fiend comes back at Fastlane. If he's not coming back at Fastlane, I mean, how long are we supposed to wait? And he better come back with, like, a new look. Um, so, there you go. And I will talk about my favorite, one of my favorite raw moments next. So stay tuned. So here's my raw moment for this week. And I just got done watching it because I've been watching a lot of, excuse me, a lot of old uh, raw moments. And my Raw moment comes to you from 2013. So it's Raw, July 15th, 2013, Brooklyn, New York. And John Cena is going to pick his SummerSlam opponent. The night before was Money in the Bank. Randy Orton won that. And we, everybody wants Daniel Bryan. And they're kind of teasing it, and you're not sure. And they have the whole, everybody lined up on the stage. And Daniel Bryan's making jokes, saying, uh, Great Khali. They did a backstage uh, segment where um, he said something in, I believe, Hindu to um, the Great Khali, showing those wonderful skills that uh, John Cena has learned, all these different languages, which hats off to him. I you can't knock him for that. So Daniel Bryan, uh, everybody wants him. You can hear the whole crowd chanting him. And Daniel Bryan goes, you know, I, I, hey, hey, you cool it, guys. I respect the beard. I respect the beard. And then he goes, this man deserves this opportunity. And he says, I think this is going to make SummerSlam the best show of the year. And then he's like, I, the person I choose. And he pauses to defend my championship at SummerSlam, and then he pauses again. I choose Daniel Bryan, and the music hits. The crowd goes nuts. He gets like a superstar reaction. It's almost—it's a Road Warrior pop. It's an Austin pop. It's huge. He comes out. Everybody's yesing. 
He comes out on the turnbuckle. He's yesing. Then he gets in the ring, and he's standing nose-to-nose with John Cena, and he's doing the yes chant to his face while he's holding up the WWE Championship. What a great way to set it up. This has been building for a long time. Uh, Last year, Daniel Bryan was beaten in um, 18 seconds by Sheamus. They thought that was going to get Sheamus over so big, it backfired. It ended up getting Daniel Bryan over. And they fought and fought and fought it and kept him a heel until he finally turned and he had the moment with Hell No, Team Hell No, with Kane. And his whole character came out and people just fell in love with him. He was the first man to defeat. He was one of the. He was the first man to actually beat one of the Shield members, in a match. Daniel Bryan, um, Randy Orton, and um, and Kane versus the Shield, and it was Daniel Bryan who got the win. Um, he just kept building momentum. I was at WrestleMania 29, and I saw him just doing the Yes chant. I saw the whole crowd doing it, and I said, "This guy is gonna be." huge this guy is on top of the world he needs to be more than what he is and then I was reading interviews with Kane saying that he thinks Daniel Bryan's going to be the biggest star in the world and then you know you thought that he was going to win money in the bank and he didn't win money in the bank and there were rumors that it was supposed to be John Cena and and Daniel Bryan so you were wondering are they you know going in a different direction and you knew CM Punk was programmed with Brock Lesnar, so it's perfect. And when he picked Daniel Bryan, the whole roof came off of it, and I said to myself, this is the guy you need to go with. This is your next top star. And it, there was, like, no question about it. The whole crowd was just... He, he became a main eventer, like, overnight. And you can watch those shows building up to it where he was challenging, saying, I am not the weak link, and doing all this stuff, and he was kind of acting very trollish, and stuff. but people kept loving him and kept working up to him, and he just kept growing sympathy. And this moment, he gets the championship match, and you know he's going to be in the main event at SummerSlam. Such a great moment. You got the whole crowd doing the yes chant. I mean, you couldn't have booked it any better. I think it's one of the best moments ever. Um... Daniel Bryan has arrived, is what I would say for that moment. Daniel Bryan has arrived. I mean, a whole year to build up to that moment, and he was he he was the guy. After that moment, I was like, this is the guy you need to go with. And as you see, there was trepidation with the WWE to go with him. But I knew this was the guy. After watching that moment, there was nothing else that was as big or as good. They had already squandered Punk. This was the guy. This was the guy you needed to go. This was your this was your future guy until Roman Reigns was ready. But Daniel Bryan was the guy you needed to go with, and it seemed like they were fighting it every step of the way. But on this day, it was just perfect. The crowd was there. Brooklyn, New York, the perfect crowd. They went nuts. They know Daniel Bryan because a lot of them go to ROH shows. They know how great he is. They went to the Evolve shows. They've grown up with him. They've seen him in WWE and become the best performer. We all saw him get beaten 18 seconds, and now he's getting his chance, and he's going to be a main eventer. Huge moment. It's one of my favorite moments, and I picked that moment. And I recommend you watch it on the WWE Network before 
well, we don't know if we're going to be able to see it again for a while. So hopefully that will be transitioned over immediately, the RAWs, but we don't know. We don't know. We're going to have to, you know, be surprised on Thursday. But I did get the vaccine. I got sick. That's why it took so long for me to do this. And I'm doing it for you now. Everything will be back to normal next week. I want to say thank you for listening. As always, you can reach me at my handle, at Justin Yance. I thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient. I'm sorry about this. I couldn't move. I'll go into detail about it on the next episode, well, on the, the regular DMF. And I just want to say thank you. And I will see you next time on the DMF. Thank you.